0: Working as the Post and Courier's Clemson reporter, I get to cover some of the top teams in the nation. One of the things that makes my job really interesting is being able to be at the facility, talking to the players, getting to learn their stories. With a subscription to Tiger Take, you'll not only get to read everything I write on postandcourier.com, but you'll also get the latest updates straight to your inbox. But more than that, you'll get insights that you won't find anywhere else.
1: Hi, I'm Gene Sapikoff, college sports editor and columnist at the Charleston Post and Courier. Welcome to Countdown to kick off the Post and Courier's weekly show in which we talk to John Blau, Post and Courier, Clemson beat writer. And if you'd like to check more of what John has to say about the Clemson beat and some cool stuff on and off the field, go to postandcourier.com slash thetigertank, postandcourier.com slash the tiger take john um i'll tell you what let's uh kick off right away here talking about the possibility that clemson can still make the college football playoff what were your takeaways from last night's show in which the tigers bump up to number nine
0: yeah it's still kind of crazy how much the sec uh holds sway in that top 10 though i mean if you look at lsu and alabama uh two losses still ahead of clemson uh, obviously tcu undefeated in the Big 12 uh, at number four, that's a team that you need to lose if you're Clemson to to get a chance to make a run here, win an ACC title. You may be sneaking into that number four spot because you think at the end of the day, I don't know if the committee can put a two-loss LSU or Alabama who are not conference champions ahead of Clemson. Um, And then also going back to last week, obviously Oregon losing, um, that bumps them out uh, of that. I think they were number six. And that leaves a place for Clemson to kind of bump up one. Uh, So the Pac-12, you don't want USC, basically, the other USC, Southern Cal, uh, to be able to uh, have one loss and maybe win that conference there. So there still is a path, but you need the Big 12, the Pac-12, so those teams to lose. And then obviously the Big 10 uh, with Ohio State and Michigan, uh, you probably want Ohio State to win and then win the conference and for Michigan not to look so good.
1: Yeah, I think you nailed it there, John. I think Michigan just will not have the schedule strengths um, as a non-Big Ten champion to uh, top a Clemson team that would be an ACC champion. Ohio State, though, might if Michigan were to beat Ohio State, and when people have to remember, there's also a, a Big Ten championship game after that. But I think the Ohio State Michigan winner will conquer that kind of messy West. There, I think it can be remarkably simple, really, for Clemson. Like you said, TCU they play Baylor and Iowa State, and then probably Kansas State. Um, I I, lo- I really like the Frogs. I think uh, they're deserving right now of where they are, but. I don't know if they can get through those three games. And then in the Pac-12, Clemson needs Oregon to beat Utah and then Utah to beat Southern Cal. I kind of think that's the path. But let's talk about just the other possibilities there. To me, it looks like playoff. Um, If they win the ACC but don't make the playoff, they're going to the Orange Bowl. If they were to lose to the Tar Heels, I think they're going to the Gator Bowl. Um, what What do you think about all that? I'd rather not do the Gator Bowl. I already
0: covered that when I was covering you.
1: I like to get around and do
0: different things. So uh, yeah, I, I preferably again, not a fan, uh, not invested in whatever happens, but uh, the Orange Bowl would be new and different. Uh, so that'd be nice. Um, but yeah, I, I think like you said, winning the ACC gives us, gives them a chance to go to a New Year's, New Year's Six. As far as what it means for the program, I think that it was the best consolation prize for not going to the playoff. Obviously, they had that huge streak, kind of set that as the standard of where Clemson football is at. They had the down year last year. You would like to get back to the playoff. Obviously, that kind of put a, a big uh, dent in that. But to be able to get to a New Six Bowl, I think, would be a nice recovery for Clemson um, to get to the Gator Bowl. Uh, shine's a little bit off of it there, but if they could have a uh, a nice win in the Gator Bowl, you know, win by uh, a lot of points over whoever the opponent is, I think that could uh, bode well, I guess, in a way as well.
1: Yeah, um, it's interesting. Uh, North Carolina is looking more formidable, particularly Drake May in that offense, and now they're 13 in the playoff. Do you think there's a path for the Tar Heels to get into the playoff, or is it just too far to climb? Yeah, I mean, in
0: terms of they basically, you know, have the same type of resume, I guess, in terms of some wins in the um, the ACC, and obviously, I think they beat Notre Dame, right? Am I remembering correctly?
1: That's also their only loss, and yeah, their season. only loss. So it's the that same.
0: Win. like the same exact resume. Yeah, I'm forgetting. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. it's similar, and if you beat Clemson, then you are the ACC champion with one loss. So, I mean, I would think their path is kind of the same other than the name recognition, the brand recognition, not there because you're not Clemson. Um, uh, Maybe you have to overcome that hurdle, but I guess, is it really all that
1: different? I don't know. Uh, So before we look too far ahead to Clemson playing in Miami in the Orange Bowl, I guess we should talk about Miami, the football program. (laughs) But uh, but, but, by the way, here's the best things about going to Miami, John. Uh, Cuban coffee and, and Cuban food, and you, you could make a side trip to the Keys, that's always fun. And then there's, uh, it's really cool to see iguanas uh, scuttling around the outdoor restaurants, I like that. Here's the worst thing, last week an 18 foot python was found just outside Everglades National Park with a fully intact five foot alligator in its stomach. Go ahead and Google that folks. Okay, John, let's talk about the Miami Hurricanes. Three interceptions – one guy had three interceptions, and I think they had a total of four in bidding Georgia Tech 35-14 last week. You could argue that was uh, the Canes' best game of the year, which isn't saying much for a 5-5 five and five squad.
0: Yeah, I mean, to win 35-14, to 14, I mean, you go back and look at some of the other losses they had. They lost 45-3 to three to Florida State. Uh, obviously lost to Duke. Um, very close game with Virginia um, – lost the middle Tennessee state earlier in the year. I mean, they've had some ups and downs Miami, but they're sitting there at five and five. Um, they found a new quarterback in Jakari Brown. Um, obviously T- Tyler Van Dyke, their, their quarterback has been out with a shoulder injury, uh, but he's a runner uh, Brown is, uh, he's a guy who can really hurt you in multiple ways there. Uh, that Georgia tech win has it puts a little bit of boost in their sales, I guess, coming into death Valley to play Clemson. Um, I guess the one thing I would wonder is, again, running quarterback, your strength. He, he you know, passed for about 138 yards. His strength is definitely on the ground. Um, and obviously Clemson's defensive line just had its best game. Its front seven probably had its best game of the year against Louisville. Um, Clemson trending in the right direction there. It'll be an interesting matchup to see them against a Miami team that's going to want to run the ball a lot.
1: John, let's talk about that Clemson defense. Uh, overall, do you see them kind of rounding into shape here after the Notre Dame debacle in which they gave up, I think, 263 yards rushing? Do you think they're, you know, back in the groove and, you know, the I, Malcolm Green out now? Um, what can you say about the Clemson defense?
0: Yeah, I think the biggest thing to come out of that game against Louisville was Barrett Carter. Uh, obviously, he was playing that hybrid nickel strong side linebacker role uh, trent simpson is out with an ankle injury which is only supposed to be a one week thing but you put barrett carter at the weak side linebacker and he was absolutely everywhere i mean he was a man on fire in that game and honestly trent simpson has had a pretty good year i mean he's, he was leading the the, the team in tackles um, but at times just that that freakiness that he had as a strong side linebacker to be able to play in space unblocked be able to make plays blitzing rushing the passer wasn't quite there trying to adjust to that in the box role. Um, It's kind of raised the discussion of maybe you move Trent back out of that strong side and you have Barrett in the weak side and way Barrett played. And you got that linebacker core playing at a higher level with Jeremiah Trotter Jr. having 12 tackles. And then again, like I said, that front in front of them, probably the most disruptive they've been. I mean, Brian Brzee, obviously everything he's had, uh, going on throughout this year with his sister and then the kidney infection and all of that. Um, he was dominant in that game versus Louisville. Uh, he looked like himself. And uh, obviously all the talent they have, I mean, seeing all the mock drafts, I mean, Brian Brzee, Miles Murphy are right now by a lot of people are, are considered top 10 picks. This upcoming draft, you want to see that level of production from them considering that's uh, where they're supposed to be uh, in the in the next level. Um, and, and they certainly showed it, I think last week against Louisville, um, and again, just coming into a matchup like this, I think it's a, a positive thing for Clemson that it looks like they're they're rounding into shape, like you said.
1: Yeah, John, I'll tell you what, I, I think if we could move ahead seven years and look at the NFL and see what's going on with Murphy, Brzee, Simpson, Trotter carter i mean i think those guys are just going to be tremendous nfl players and not not to bring up the negative again but that's just what makes that notre dame running attack you know so puzzling with all those guys and and a bunch of other good players too okay let's talk about the clemson offense i mean i think conversion of that third down by dj we early in the game against louisville kind of set a good tone there what, what were your thoughts about quarterback play overall and his in particular against Louisville
0: yeah I mean we even talking to Kyle Richardson coming into the game the passing game coordinator he talked about how running DJ LA just seems to calm him down and that he enjoys it uh, he gets engaged in the game early and it obviously makes the defense have to worry about something else uh, rather than just him dropping back to pass. And and it, it really seemed to work. I mean, they ran him the, the first uh, couple of plays, get a first down right off the bat. He moves him down the field, obviously had to make a huge uh, third down pass that Joseph Agata got to make it happen. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, he just looked more in control, more poised in that game, obviously had the fumble, uh, which was a breakdown of protection though, to a certain extent. So um, it's kind of split both ways there, but he, he, I wouldn't say he had, like, a great game, but a pretty good game. And considering the two games before that, um, that, that was encouraging for Clemson to need to bring Kate Klobnik in until later in the game and uh, when they were already in control. But I think the ground game was the thing that was, in general, DJ, obviously, but Phil Moffa, Will Shipley, uh, the offensive line being able to establish the line of scrimmage, even with Walker Parks out at right guard. Uh, I think that was really encouraging for Clemson. And I would think they would continue to try to lean on that. Uh, ground game a little bit uh, and see if they can kind of you know take it to a very fast athletic um, defense which you would expect at the U.
1: Talking to John Blau post and courier.com Clemson beat reporter if you'd like to check check out more of John's insights from on and off the field go to post and courier.com slash the tiger take. John, let's elaborate just a little bit more on that Clemson running game. You wrote a nice piece at post and on Phil Maffa. What about that one, two punch now with him and Will Shipley. And, and also this is a two part question, John, what was the coolest play last week? Shipley's hurdle or Moffa moving that pile.
0: And you also had Barrett Carter's hurdle of, uh, oh. of a running back and then him getting a sack. There were, there were a bunch of plays, but um, I guess, In terms of flash, I think it's a 1A, 1B type situation. In terms of flash, obviously that hurdle, and then be able to break two tackles uh, once you hit the ground. I mean, it is Superman type of stuff. I mean, that stuff, you do not see that uh, happen very often. Either you get the hurdle and you fall down, or uh, you you break two tackles, but you don't have to hurdle for it. Uh, But then, honestly, the coaches, I think, in particular, I think love a play. Like Phil Maffa's, I mean, you're literally impacted two yards into the run. You keep just moving your feet and moving your feet and moving your feet, and there's two, three, four defenders there, and all of a sudden your teammates come, and you keep moving your feet for 15.07 seconds. Is a ridiculous amount of time to be uh, really continuing to to work and to you know wait. And, you know, they say play through the whistle. I mean, play through the whistle. Uh, it just shows you kind of the heart of Phil Maffa. And just, you know, the type of runner he can be just physically overpowering even against all odds. So um, that was a really cool run. I guess if I was to have to pick, if a gun was to my head, I would pick uh, Phil Maffa properly. Just because that's just, that's just really cool, I guess.
1: Well, I think you nailed it there. The flashy play is Shipley. Nothing wrong with that play. It's spectacular. But Moffa's the play. I could see coaches in high school, college, all levels of football showing their team um, just to try to get them going and motivated by uh, that Phil Moffa play moving that pile, like you said, for 15 seconds. It's just ridiculous. All right, John, you, you know what this is. It's the time of our program on post and career countdown to kickoff when we asked John Blau to make his prediction for the upcoming week Clemson versus Miami at Death Valley your thoughts John Blau
0: uh I'm gonna go 31 to 17 how about that
1: and uh I assume you're picking the home squad to yes. win this game <laughs>
0: yes yes uh, I'm not I'm not picking a tremendous upset but uh I don't know. what is that cheating? I mean, I basically picked the same score almost as the Louisville game. I mean, it was just giving the other team one extra point. But hey, we'll go through. No. Yeah, I feel like it's nice. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, this is this has been Countdown to Kickoff with John Blau. And for John Blau, I'm Gene Sapikoff of The Post and Courier. Join us next week with John Blau and I discuss the rivalry game, Gamecocks coming to death Valley.